Well, this morning, as we're headed into a new year, I'm wanting to take one Sunday to think deeply about the privileged position that we as Christians possess as a result of being in Christ Jesus. We've been singing songs. All the songs we sang this morning had something to do with the blessedness, the blessed privilege that we have of being in Christ Jesus. We just rehearsed the gospel. We are found in the beloved. Our redemption is in Christ Jesus. If you think about it, we as Christians, those who have repented, truly have repented and confessed their sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for the free forgiveness of sins, we are of those to be considered the most privileged human beings that have ever lived on God's green earth. Have you ever thought about it that way? Sometimes we look at others and perhaps we have envy. Oh, they're in such and such a thing or this class of whatever, or they, they're in the, the, a certain stratus of living. And we look at all the wrong reasons in which to find who we are in relationship to this world, to each other, and to God. If you here this morning are, are in Christ, you are of the most privileged human beings to ever have lived on God's green earth, regardless of how wealthy or how lack of wealth you possess, regardless of everything. Christ plus nothing equals, say it with me, everything. Do you believe that, friends? And not just do you believe it, but are you living your lives in such a way that would be in conformity with that truth? Christ plus nothing equals everything. So no matter what you do, all the things that you do, are you doing them with a resound heart that's to be done for the glory of God, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do for what? The glory of God. Because Christ plus nothing equals everything. If you have Christ, you have everything. And so my desire this morning is to reconvince you of those truths because to any degree that you think differently, it's a result of the adversary who prowls about like a roaring thief to steal, kill, and destroy. And we need to have our minds renewed in what we possess as Christians this morning. The first place I want us to look is in the book of Colossians. Look over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Do you believe this? To the degree that you believe this, I want you to say silently within your own head this morning, O oh, glorious death! To have died to an old master that was feeding our natural sinful inclinations and saying, Eat thereof to have died 
to no longer be a slave to that master, forever free to truly live unto God, to truly live before God in a way that comports with His truth, with His word, in all goodness and righteousness. Oh, glorious death. Because it's only through this death that you are now truly, freely able to live. I just mentioned this one, but in John 10, 10, remember, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus said, I came that they, that's you this morning, if you're in Christ, that they may have life. Life. And have it abundantly. Simple application. Any and every thought that you have, have that makes you think differently than this, that tries to make you believe that obedience to the Word of God is in some way less satisfying? Are you ever conflicted with thoughts that try to convince you that living a life that's not in complete obedience to God's Word would somehow perhaps be more fulfilling, more rewarding? We as God's children are bombarded with this kind of thinking every single day. Are we not? So, to any degree that you think differently, that tries to make you believe that obedience to Christ and, and the Word of God is less satisfying, that you are somehow missing out on the good life, the fun that you could be having, any such thought, every such thought, is what Paul calls in Ephesians chapter 6, fiery darts from this guy. Fiery darts from the thief that wants to convince you that there's a better path that you could be walking down in 2024. More fulfilling, more rewarding than in simple and glad obedience to God and His Word. And those fiery darts that come from the true adversary, the thief, remember, it's only to steal from your life, to kill things in your life, relationships, and destroy them in you utterly. Thoughts that make you run into isolation. Thoughts that make you move away from being a part of a body of Christ. Any thought that's raised up against the knowledge of God needs to be pulled down and taken captive to the obedience of Christ. And I want you to be overly convinced of that this morning so that as you move out into 2024 and you are bombarded with those flaming arrows that come from this thief every single day of your lives telling you that there's a better life to live than, than this one right here purports to, to offer. <clears throat> I want you to be reminded of this truth every single day so that you can be armed with the truth from God's Word, that you can take that thought captive, and that there is no better life than the life that is to be had in Christ. Oh, blessed death. I want you to understand the words of the psalmist here in a new way in 2024. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Question, how, how do you do this? How, how do we taste? What does it mean to taste and then see that this is a true statement, that the Lord is good? Tasting comes through obedience to God's word. 
friends. The only way you can taste and then afterwards see that God is good is to walk by faith, not by sight. And to trust in the word of God, to trust that God is a good God and has sent us a good word so that he would, could show us how to live before him that pleases him. That's the only way to taste. And then after tasting, the seeing. And let's not be confused here. Sometimes we wrongly think that one taste of obedience is going to enable us to see very clearly how good God is. Now, sometimes in life, God works out our circumstances in such a way where we taste one day after another day, and we start building days of tasting and seeing that God is good. For the single Christian that says, I'm going to save my virginity till marriage, you are tasting and seeing that God is good all the way, day after day, week after week, month after month, all the way until you get to the altar and you say the I do, and you preserve that marriage bed to the glory of God. And sometimes you have to taste it over and over and over, but I can promise you when you taste and see that God's word is good and that obedience to his word is good, when you get to that marriage bed, you will be able to confirm, ah, this is so true. But if instead this thief is allowed to convince you that there's some better way, you're missing out on the fun, when you get to that marriage bed, you're going to realize that something was stolen from you, and destroyed. Not that you can't have an intimacy with that spouse. That would then be a different arrow of lie that comes in from Satan. But the point is this. God has rigged life. God has rigged life. His word tells us that if you sow to the Spirit, you reap from what? If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap from the... If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap from your... He's rigged life. It's that simple. You cannot sow to your flesh and expect to reap from the Spirit. You cannot sow to the flesh and expect good things to come from the Spirit and into your lives. God's rigged life this way because He wants you to know that He is good. And how good is He? He wants you to taste it and He wants you to see it in your own personal lives. And thus, He's at work in you to willing to work for His good pleasure of conforming you into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Every single day. So that you'll know He's good. And notice it ends, how blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Friends, is Christ your hiding place this morning? Well, remember our passage, Colossians 3, 3. Oh, glorious death, you have died and your life is what? Hidden. Is he your great refuge in whom your life has been hidden? Indeed. A hidden life with God, a hidden life with Christ in God, is a life that is fully vested and sold out to the claims of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to his mission. It's important that I add that last part. A life that is hidden with Christ in God is a life that is fully vested and sold out to the claims of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to his mission. It's not just enough to say that you believe in Jesus. It's imperative that you invest your life in the mission of Jesus. 
Jesus said it like this in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? The saying is the easy thing. The doing is the hard. But the good news is He's given us the indwelling of His Holy Spirit to enable us to do the hard. Not by our own strength, but by His might. And the other reason why the Word of God says that your life is hidden is due to the fact that the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's foolishness to those who have not eyes to see. It's hidden. When your friends look at your life and they say something like, well, why would you do that? It's hidden. They can't see why you would live by these peculiar standards that God's Word has placed on you. Your life is hidden in Christ. They can't understand. It's foolishness to the world. They may jeer at you. They may, you may lose some friends over it. It's due to the fact that the gospel and these unique standards, this Christian ethic through the New Testament and the entirety of God's Word is foolishness to those who are perishing, who have eyes not to see. Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians 2, the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So we should not expect them to. We should not be able, thinking that we're going to be able to convince them otherwise. For they are foolishness to him. The things of the Spirit, they are foolishness to the natural man. And he... The natural man cannot understand them, the things of the Spirit, because they are spiritually appraised. They don't have the Spirit of God alive in them. They haven't had their spiritual eyes opened to see and to be able to taste and then see how good God truly is. Oh, glorious death. that buried us in Christ and raised us in Christ to walk in newness of life. O oh, glorious death that gave us these eyes to see by faith the truth of God's Word so that we can walk in them, that we can be hidden in them and thus experience the abundant life that Christ won for us at the cross of Calvary. Our life is a hidden life in the sense that it's not going to make any sense to the onlooking, unbelieving world around us at all. And we need to be okay with that, church. Amen? We've said before there's a reason why the church believers gather on the Lord's Day, right? There's a lot of churches out there that claim that what happens in a service like this on the Lord's Day is for the unbeliever. Seeker-oriented, seeker-friendly, seeker-driven churches. Listen, the, the, if you read the Scriptures, the church, when it gathers on the Lord's Day, is for believers because we are a unique, set-apart people that have hidden lives in the sense that the world around us doesn't make sense and can't understand that. And we gather here on the Lord's Day to be encouraged by each, each and one another by the Word of God itself, through the singing of songs, so that when we leave this place, the church scattered, then we go do hardcore evangelism. This place isn't for soft evangelism. We need to be hardcore evangelism out there, amen? That's what we're supposed to be about. 
We have a life that's hidden in Christ. And nothing about that hidden life will ever separate from you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Notice what Paul said here in Romans 8. Who can separate you from the love of Christ? You have a hidden life in Christ. Is there anything that can separate you from that? Well, you've got a, a thief, an adversary that wants to convince you otherwise, that wants you to make you believe that, that it, you can be separated from the love of Christ. But notice he says, well, tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or perilous sword. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced, and I want each of you leaving this morning convinced, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us, you, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, glorious death. Oh, glorious death to things that really don't matter anyways. Amen? Let's read this one together. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live. Stop right there. Do you believe that, church? Do you really believe this? This isn't just some religious exercise that we do when we gather on the Lord's day. These words are truth. They, they're inspired from God, the Spirit Himself, to us so that we can understand who we are and how we live in relationship with the only true living God. Do you really believe that you've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer you who's doing the living? But Christ lives in me. I want you to feel this in a, in a fresh way going into this new year. And listen, if there's anything that you're needing to ask the Lord God Almighty to forgive you from, from the, from the years gone by, from last year, last week, last month, whatever it is, do it today and then forget about it. And get back to living on mission with Christ the way He's called you to, which is living in Him, hidden in Him. It's, you're not living for yourself. You've died to yourself. You died with Christ. It's no longer you who's living. Christ is in you. Now let's pick up right here together with the end. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Oh, glorious death. Now, keeping this truth freshly in mind, notice what Paul tells us in Colossians 2 about Christ in whom, in Christ in whom are hidden. So here's this, where, where, where was our life hidden? And in Christ, notice what's also hidden in Christ. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So while our lives are hidden in Christ, and in Christ all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are also hidden, if you put these two together, what do you have? You. You have at your disposal access to all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge of God available to you freely in Christ. Not just some of it, all of it. Name the one person 
that would want to prevent you from understanding that and walking in that freedom? That thief, right? Or maybe somebody that works at the cubicle across from you that the thief is the master of and they're trying to send fiery darts through to convince you that there's a better way to live life. You have access to all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge of God. I don't think the application needs to really be overly explained. Let me just say it through this, through a movie that you've all seen. It wasn't originally through a movie. It was a poet, but Carpe Diem, church. If this is true, and your life is hidden in Christ, and in Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, seize your day. Make the most of your time. Taste and see that God is good each and every day. And by doing that, you will make your lives extraordinary in Christ. You will be to your friends, your family, your co-workers, the wisest person they've ever seen in life. Ever. Why? Because you have access to all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ Jesus. I've had a lot of time since December the 25th to think about these realities and the brevity of life. It was on the 25th of December that I found my father-in-law deceased laying in his bathroom floor. And for me, it was a wrapping up. Both my parents are gone. If you've been there, you know the kind of unique experience that is when you realize that you're next. <laughs> Grandparents, they're gone. Now my parents... So I'm kind of looking and talking to Lisa like, hey, girl, we're next. Really helps you, helps you to think about the brevity of life and things that really do matter. I'm in the process of executing the parents' last will and testament for them. It's all over. Their dreams, their hopes, their desires, their aspirations how they were going to live before God, the things that they were going to do together to serve Christ. Their time under the sun has come, it's gone, it's over. Now they're in a much better place. We should really feel sorry for ourselves. Really. It's caused us, me to think deeply about the brevity of life, my life, Lisa's life, my kids' life, your lives. Are we living in a way that's taking advantage of all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge that's ours in Christ Jesus? Are we really doing that? Are we truly seizing the day? Understanding who we are in relationship with God and Christ and making the most of our times and making our lives extraordinary because of this amazing, privileged position that we have here on earth. I've asked the Lord that if it pleased Him, that he would, if He would just give me 30 more years of faithful service. And I was telling the Lord in prayers, I was driving away from my parents' house on one occasion. I was just telling the Lord, Lord, I want to finish strong. You read through the Word of God and you see oftentimes men of God don't always finish strong. Crooked sticks, straight licks concept can still happen. But I was asking the Lord if he, would, if he would just graciously give me 30 years. I don't know if I have 30. I may not have three more days. I don't know. But if he were to grant me 30 more years of service to him, that puts me at 85 years old. 
was looking in the mirror the other day and I thought, I don't look anything like an 85-year-old's going to look. Now, some of you might be thinking otherwise. However, all I'm saying for me, when I was looking in the mirror, I didn't think that I was aging all that much. I still feel like I'm 30. The brevity of life, church, it passes us by oh so fastly. Grab a hold of Christ and run with Christ all the way to the end and pray that God would allow you in 2024 to live for Him in ways that you've never lived for Him before. Relinquish any stronghold, foothold that Satan has in a sinful way in your life. Relinquish that, whatever it takes. You have to hype, you know, like cut the hand off, pluck the eye out kind of a thing. Go to whatever extreme measure in order to make certain that you're living for Christ in a way where you're seizing that moment and you're living in light of all the wisdom and treasure so that every morning you wake up having tasted and seen that God is good every single day. Life is passing us by quickly, church. There's one mission. It's a great commission. We don't need to be confused. It's very simple. One great commission. One life to live. And I want you and me together to live in such a way that brings honor and glory to Christ in 2024 unlike any year we've ever lived before. Amen? And so I'm going to quickly, and I mean quickly, yeah, quickly, I'm going to quickly give you uh, 10 reasons. I thought about calling this the top 10, but now I'm not going to do that, but I just did. So uh, 10 reasons to live for the glory of God, to live without regret. And I'm going to hit these fast. Number one, in Christ Jesus, you are given grace before the world was created. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 10 tells us that about the grace which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Let that sink in. In Christ Jesus, you were given grace before the world was created. Secondly, in Christ, you were chosen by God before creation to be set apart and blameless before Him. In Ephesians 1.4, we see this, that He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. We were chosen to be God's people, church. Number three, in Christ Jesus, you were loved by God with an inseparable love. We read this one earlier, and I want us to be convinced of this. Convinced that nothing, nothing, death, life, angels, nothing can separate us from the love of God. You're in the hand of God. You will not slip through His fingers. In Christ, you are loved by God with an inseparable love. Number four, in Christ Jesus you were redeemed and forgiven all your sins, Ephesians 1, 7, in Him, Christ. Remember, our lives are hidden where? They were hidden in Him. Our lives are hidden in Christ. And each one of these passages shows us some of the blessedness of being in Him. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Number five, in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God that's required to be in the presence of God has been freely imputed to you. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the very righteousness of God in Him. In Him, we have the righteousness of God that's required to be in the presence of God forever and ever. 
and ever church. Number six, in Christ, you have become a new creation and a son of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, and where, where's our life hidden? It's hidden in Christ. He is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. In Christ, you are a new creation. Number seven, in Christ Jesus, all the promises of God are yes and amen for you. 2 Corinthians 1.24, as many as are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Number eight, in Christ Jesus, you are being sanctified and set apart as holy. 1 Corinthians 1-2, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified, to those who have been, past tense, have been sanctified, church in Christ, you have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, holy, made saints by calling. With all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Number nine, in Christ Jesus, everything you really need will be supplied. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Where is our life hidden, Christ? It's hidden in Christ. Number 10, in Christ Jesus, the peace of God that guards hearts and minds can be had. And the peace of God, Philippians 4, 7, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and mind. And where is your life hidden, Christ? In Christ Jesus. We could keep going. We could do this multiple times over and over. I want you to understand the value of the position that you as the believer have in Christ Jesus. This is not something to take lightly or to, or to trifle over. This is the most beautiful and amazing truth that is true of us, Christ's people, Christians. You have the most privileged position on planet Earth of all human beings who have ever lived. We've just gone through a few of these. You've heard this quote before. Jim Elliott, he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. The hidden treasure of the gospel, that which the believer possesses in Christ Jesus, where our very life is hidden, wherein is the possessing of everything consisting of the abundant life, or for those who give up their lives. the very thing that they cannot keep, and cling to Christ in order to gain that which he cannot lose. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're perhaps having some consternation in the heart, thinking, I don't think I've really given my life to Christ in such a way that he's the Lord of my life. I needed fire insurance. So I said the prayer. Let me encourage you to today to reconsider. I remember there was a time in my life I said something like, Lord, I, I, know, that, I know what happened back then in the past. I said the thing. I walked the aisle. I, got the, I did all of that stuff. But today, I'm doing something brand new. 
And today is the day that I'm claiming Christ as my Savior, my Lord, my treasure, and I'm walking with Him, and I'm never going back. Perhaps there's some of you this morning that might need to do that. That would make your 2024 the best year you've ever experienced ever in your life. And for those of us who have been living in a life that's hidden in Christ Jesus, let me encourage you to be encouraged by the truths that we've seen in God's Word today because they are so rich and so personal. God loves us immensely with an everlasting love. It is truly unbelievable, the love of God for His people. And as I said earlier, if you've got a some kind of a stronghold in your life, a habitual sin that the thief continues to deceive you and make you believe you're going to find a, a greener pasture somewhere, make today the day you realize that that's fool's gold. It's a fool's errand. Make today the day that you want to start tasting in a new way and then seeing how good God is in the course of your life and run with Him all the way to the end. Life is precious. It's a gift from God. It's short. And we are those unique people called out to be hidden in Christ for such a time as this. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Let's pray.